Hello, welcome to the Go To Him podcast. In this episode, we talk to consultant clinical psychologist, Dr. Nick Hawkes, about eating disorders. We discuss the subject of eating disorders from the point of view of men. Nick teaches us about the issues surrounding these conditions and what we can look out for and where we can go for help. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and that you can contact us at gotohim.podcast at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us your what you do and who for? Yeah, I'm a consultant clinical psychologist. I'm offering therapy, adults with eating disorders in Bedfordshire and Luton. Work for Elft NHS Trust doing that. And you also teach at the University of Hertfordshire? Do a bit of lecturing here Yeah. at UH, a little at UCL at the moment. Nice. And a CBT, Cognitive Behaviour Therapy Excellent. training course they're doing. Oh, nice. When you do your teaching he- at yeah. the university here, mm. is that on eating disorders and stuff, is it? Yeah, cognitive behaviour therapy, some other topics, Yeah. core beliefs, panic. My main specialty is eating disorders. Fantastic. So that that's CBT, right? Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think um, you see a lot in uh, in in you know, mental health therapies. Mm. What what is CBT? What does it mean, Nick? Well, that's a question with short and long answers, Nick. Um, cognitive behaviour therapy is looking at any connections between how we're seeing things, what we're doing, how we're feeling emotionally. So there's a broad family of cognitive and behavioural psychotherapies. There tends to be different specific approaches for different specific problems. So there's a a form of CBT that's for eating disorders. You can't just, not just any old CBT, and there's different approaches for panic or OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder or whatever else. Mm. It's been evidence-based for... So it's not a one-size-fits-all type therapy. No. It's, it's a no. specialist for uh, you know, no. the, the different disorders that someone That's may right, have. yeah. Mm. We have an approach called Mantra, which is a Maudsley model out of the Maudsley in South London, which is one of the... Is that That's a hospital, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also, you know, an outpatient setting and um, an academic link to King's, and they do a lot of development of eating disorder treatment. Mm. So Mantra is Maudsley model, and we have some supportive, that's called specialist supportive clinical management, which is based on, like, person-centred counselling and then expert advice, really. Mm. That's the clinical management, the supportive part. Yeah. So how long have you been um, into, you know, working with eat, eating disorder therapies? Is it, is it? All right. So 2007 mm. till now. That's quite some time then. Yeah, yeah, 16, 16 years. Wow. wow. Off and on, I took a bit of time doing veteran mental health. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. For a while as well. Oh, goodness. For the NHS as well. That's probably a whole... That's a whole, whole other episode, there, that is, there, yeah, right? blimey. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. we'll get you back for that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We're really interested in your insights to um, eating disorders in men and and young yeah. adults. Yeah. What made you um, want to specialise in that area, Nick? A lot of people work in eating disorders. They've got personal experience in their family or something. I, I didn't have that. I was enjoying working with anxiety and depression um, PTSD, a post-traumatic stress disorder type problems. Um, as a clinical psychologist, um, you've got 
skills at different levels. Um, so you're not only aiming to work as a therapist. That was where um, you just sort of see uh, an individual in a room and talk and um, and that part of the role. I worked with um, complex emotional needs or so-called personality disorder mm. with um, people with these long-standing patterns of um, emotions and behaviours. And that's quite um, severe end-type work, very... Mm very high risk and, and 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 problems that go back a long way. And I enjoyed that as well, in a different kind of way. Um, and I hadn't thought of it. I saw an advert in eating disorders and I saw what you were working with. And I thought, actually, that's covering a lot of the things. So with eating disorders, some people have got more short-term mm. problems that are not so severe, relatively speaking. I mean, I think the thing in mental health mm. is when we say not so severe, that's not the same as if you've stubbed your toe. It's mm. still pretty... Anybody wakes up with depression, that's pretty um, unpleasant. But yeah. um, within the scope of specialist mental health services, you can see people who are functioning better than I am in their mm. lives, but they have this problem. Then some people with more severe and complex... You know, an interest is it's got a biological part to it. Mm. The neuropsych bits of starvation goes on. It's got a lot of social parts to it, patterns in families and culture. And it's got, you know, the psychological part, the thoughts and beliefs part. So mm. it's a very, like... It kind of aggregates a lot yeah. of, of, of what you've learned from, from your uh, other experience. It's um, very varied, very varied. It's the most varied specialism I've worked in in the NHS yeah. Yeah. Um, for the variety it's uh, so if you took say like a year of work yeah uh, and looked back what sort of percentage would you say of men you saw you would see to women over maybe a year do you reckon it's probably about 10 to 1 oh really still yeah at the moment yeah and why why do you think that is is it because is it because that classical men not not sort of facing up to their issues or is it because because I think I read somewhere that it's more difficult to diagnose in men than maybe women I don't know I'm not sure if it would need to be mm. if you don't have stigma or assumptions mm. I was recalling working with somebody who had been given an OCD obsessive compulsive disorder diagnosis because there were compulsions and there were obsessions. Yeah. You know, so somebody who was doing, like, way too much exercise, you know, um, sit-ups, thousands and thousands mm. of sit-ups, and was really into the UFC, oh, the mixed wow. martial yeah. arts scene, yeah. and looked up a lot um, to the people there. And, you know, but when you sort of dug down to what all the behaviours were for... Or what they were about, it was weight control and shape. Con you know, you wanted to look a certain way. That mm. was what it was all driven by. So I think he was delayed to get the evidence-based help he needed by mm. just not seeing it in mm. that way. Mm. Um, yeah, because I guess there's like a fine line between thinking that you... of that. There's a fine line between that sort of obsessiveness and that uh, work ethic... And wanting to look good, and I guess there's, it doesn't take much to sort of go over the line. 
I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. And I suppose society doesn't, again, go back to that stat, society doesn't register that, okay, that, that there's a guy with these behaviours, he could have a, an eating disorder. Mm. Whereas I think probably the society recognises that you know, it's prevalent in, in, in females. Mm. So maybe there's a switch that goes on that goes, oh, maybe she's got an eating disorder. Mm. Maybe society yeah. dictates... Yeah, that and does you know friends may not think okay, look, I think this. You might mm. just think oh, you're a nut that likes the gym. Mm. You know, yeah, don't know. It's because yeah, it is a culture, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know that whole gym culture, and sometimes it's more focused on, you know, muscle shape, mm. and that if you are self-starving down to low body mass index, you bring risk. Mm. If you've been um, purging behaviours, bring risk. So the funny thing with exercise compulsion is that it does bring the risk, you know, for your life as a whole, but people might not notice it or mm. it might not come to the attention of your GP in mm. the way that um, purging might. And so it's it's a bit like OCD in that way is the catch is you, you, you sort of, it's, it's too easy to keep going and just sort of get away with it for mm. five, ten years before mm. you know it. Mm. And that's the rough part of it, really. Yeah, it must... I, I, I would guess that it's less likely... Is it less likely, in in that situation... Yeah. Is it less likely that a male would do would sort of refer themselves... Yeah, as someone else so. picking up? Like someone, you know... Yeah. I think both are less likely, probably. Mm. You know there's masculine pride. Mm. Men are not very well known for going for medical attention in general mm. or for mm. opening up on the counselling side and then people don't see it as um, as eating disorder I know there was a a piece on the news just recently a, a young man from Manchester saying you know I never realised that you could be be allowed with anorexia and then you've got like other cultural things like you're a bloke and you're an orthodox Jew do you know what yeah. I mean? What are the narratives there? Or mm. you're a, a Muslim person. Do you yeah. know what I mean? What's getting talked around around you? Mm. Is is it is it seen as um, sort of a real thing? Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's something that runs out of control. That's the defining part. Is it's a bit like addiction in that way. In some ways, you can say eating sort a bit like addiction. It's like mm you can tell that part where instead of controlling it, it's controlling you. It's a powerful force. In, when you when you mess with your own eating, you get linked in your survival mechanisms. Mm. And um, I always liken it like if you've got a team at work mm. and you want to perform better mm. and you hire someone and they're like the best salesman, right? But they're a known character. Mm. I might be... Uh, I don't This is probably too political but like getting Boris Johnson he might win you an election but mm. he will take over and he'll wreck the place yeah, yeah. and it's like that yeah. if um, you've got you, you sort of bring you're sort of using weight control as a tool in your life for some reason or another and it's quite powerful and then it's that bit where you realise you can't, I can't not go to the gym mm. and you're running on an injury on your ankle or you're exhausted you know, you find yourself fatigued from going up the stairs and it sneaks up on people a lot. It's a very sneaky illness. It's mm. like a, 
Weasley Weasley um, bluffer. It's yeah. Like, yeah, and, and as you talk, Nick, one one of the questions, and it's a very basic question, um, you know, what what is an eating disorder, right? So, you know, for for me, I've I've got my perception of of what an eating okay. disorder is, and and you know, it's probably very narrow minded. You know, I've I've always looked as a uh, an eating disorder as a form of self harm, or a, a, a form of control, like having control of something because maybe there isn't enough control going on in another aspect yeah. of your life as far as my brain goes i've not thought about it as a as a wider thing than that and you've already given yeah. like so much detail and i always yeah. learn a lot from from these things but that you know the the first you know few minutes of this cast i was just going woof yeah. you know what what a what what a broad thing this is yeah, so it's you know, taking it back to something really basic question what is an eating disorder so an eating disorder is an overvaluation problem so for all of us different things are important Mm. work family hobbies whatever and for most of us our appearance or our eating or our weight is something that matters to Mm. us to a degree right people aren't wandering around there feeling great about themselves, their physical mm. appearance, do you know what I mean? And um but it's a part of our mind. And if you had a like a pie chart and we use this in our work and this pie chart was of all the things that you thought about day to day and you put a clicker. Mm. And if that pie chart for most of us it will have a section on it which is eating and weight. Yeah. But for an eating disorder that pie chart would be ninety nine, ninety, a hundred percent eating weight and shape so what's happened is it's taken over the mindset it's dominating the mindset Mm. whatever happens is filtered through that like if you're invited out oh can i go there what can i eat there so the key thing with it is it's it's the over importance of weight and shape Mm. um as a source of self-esteem or how you judge yourself and and that see this this kind of blows my mind, right? Because I've worked in uh, I've worked in offices majority of my life. Mm. Right? I've worked with males. I've worked with females. Mm. Now, females are always on some kind of diet, right? Mm. This, this is this seems to be something that's very important to them. But also, also males, mm. and you know, there's there's certainly been times in my past, as you know, Alan, mm. where where I'm like, right, I'm gonna do a plant based diet. Yeah. for a couple of months um, yeah. and see how my workouts go off the yeah. back of that um, or I'm I'm going to cut gluten out completely mm. um, and I don't get obsessed with it but it, for me it's always like okay I'm going to do that because the summer season's coming up yeah. and I'm going to eat so much meat on the barbecue if I do two months this so I, 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 kind, of, yeah. I kind of enjoy the diet chats yeah. with people in the office mm. again male or female um, but the 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 modern office, even now, you know, I'm thinking about you know, guys that I work with in the office because, like yeah. I said, we've only just gone back. But you know, everyone's always got their way of eating. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I expect detecting something like an eating disorder in that environment can be very difficult because it's yeah, yeah. diluted with fatty diets. You yeah. know, I've got a pal of mine who's been reading up a lot about fasting. Yeah. And he just keeps talking to well, me like about intermittent fasting. Fasting. Intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah. And, and he loves it. And it, mm. it tells me how, how great. But, you know, it, 
it's an obsession for him. He's like, right, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all he talks mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, the, the previous time I would have gone around his house, he's obsessed with his new kind of gigantic car control thing for his PlayStation. Yeah. Right? That's his obsession then. Yeah. Right? So there, there's always something yeah. new. Yeah. No, I don't think for one minute he's got an eating disorder. He was going on holiday and wanted to lose a bit yeah. of weight quick and, it, and he read something that resonated. Not everyone who goes on a diet gets an eating disorder and this was an expert by experience as someone who'd been it and they said not not everyone who goes on a diet gets an eating disorder but most people who get an eating disorder have gone on a diet mm, and that's yeah. where it mm, kicks off and it's a snowball effect because the it, the the things that you say the weight and the shape and the pie chart which excuse the pun it's uh <laughs> times when I sit there and, and all I do is think about food because yeah. <laughs> I love food yeah, but yeah, what right. are those times right that'll be sat at my desk at work yeah there's two ways it can go so there's the food way maybe you're you're onto a low blood sugar mm. gotcha again we're, we're designed for that yeah. that's what our system's meant to do it's meant to we've got our it's all happening it's managing itself and it's happy and then it's like be thirsty now look for water Mm. be lonely now look for a person and so that's happened and the other part would be the fact that there's the the food part and the mood part and the mood part might be if maybe you're having a bad day or you know you're a bit PO'd with somebody yeah some Mm. people it, it you'd be like oh you know I just want to go f it and you'd be like well I could Go and I could have a drink, but I'll get sacked. Mm. <laughs> I could yeah. spend some money, but I don't have any. Mm. Or I'm gonna have a chocolate bar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so sort of emotions and, and being bored as well can affect yeah, it, can't it? Anger and boredom and all these yeah. things. Yeah. And Food again, cheers me up. Again, yeah. that's right, and that's normal. And it's then when it runs out of control, yeah. when you can't yeah. get joy from other things, or when you can't really attend to other things properly. Mm. In that way, I'm sure I was hearing someone talking about the alcohol, and you're right, the normal part, it's part of life, but he was saying that, talking about, yeah, let's get pissed, and, and or, um, that, that does make it easy to either to not see your alcoholism or to mm. hide it, and I mm. think similarly with eating disorder. Mm. You know, a lot of it is... On its own, the bits you see as normal behaviour. It's what we're all doing, aren't we? Yeah, Especially yeah. on the social media, that has not helped the thing. No, no. I think Very I logged into uh, um, Instagram, I think it was. Never yeah. used it before. Mm. Logged in once to do a a sort of, um, what's it called? A live thing oh, yeah. where you, again, yeah. eating disorders awareness week. Yeah. Um, the screen, like the auto, I hadn't, I hadn't got any algorithms. I hadn't put anything in yet. Mm. And it was just full of toxic yeah. shite. Yeah. Body image shy, comparison shy. Yeah. Well, diet shy, and everyone's selling something, and that's the other thing. It's like scary, isn't it? The keto yeah. diets and the fasting. Yeah. Someone's oh. selling the. Someone's making money out of that. Oh man. Um. So you sure. in someone's like, interest to get yeah, you that fuel thing. Sure. I get oh, that all yeah. the time. A, a new one I've started yeah. getting recently, and look, the power of advertising. Because like, mm, especially conversations that we've had about yeah. coffee. Yeah. I keep eating this advert saying, look. I've changed my morning coffee for uh, for this morning mushroom drink. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. 
There's a power of the mushroom. What, like it? What, like a coffee made out Silo of mushrooms? They are going to try psilocybin for anorexia, but that's a different story. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't there like a general thing they were going to try and use it for depression in general? Yeah. Yeah, because... Anorexia too. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. That's a different mushroom. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but you're right, right. And we we discussed this. I think I think it's when we did our intro. That was our our um, yeah. our taster episode, which yeah. is 15 minute yeah. right yeah. at the beginning, which I'd really recommend because we talk literally most of that was talking about social media and how yeah, yeah. exactly how unhealthy and, it is and like what you or said, can be. Like you, we we yeah. you can visibly see the impact yeah. of these filters on on uh, the female population yeah. because people have started making themselves look like what yeah. the filters did mm. yeah you know yeah there's that part you can see it, it but we, we were saying you you don't necessarily see it so much in the the male population but even like people curating their lives um you know you say that but who's going to put their whole you know if you're going here's me on holiday if they're looking at that and their bellies hanging over their waistband are they mm. going to post that one it's still going to be curated mm. yeah. yeah yeah and they put they've probably gone through this massive diet to make sure they look good on horror, yeah. yeah, and the different angles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah different yeah. lighting and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I know this is slightly off topic because we're sort of, we're sort. Of, I mean, we have a lot of lady listeners, but the things that worry me is that when you see all these programs on um, what I call offshoot channels, you know, you've got ITVB. Yeah, mm. you got one of the Channel Four ones, I think. I can't remember, and you've got all of these other ones where. <clears throat> Yeah, where they they follow these sort of like Z list stars. Yeah. There's like all these ones where these like girls who are in like Only Ways Essex or something like that, and now they're having a baby, and now there's a series. But there's all these girls that follow them as role models, when really and truly, what what is there, what is there to follow? That's what I don't I don't get it. What what is there to follow? Because they're all these girls who are on these shows and actually from a male perspective you know their partners are all sort of usually like burly sort of you know look like they're carrying two rolls of carpet types <coughs> two rolls of carpet yeah. types i've not heard that one yeah sort of like standing with your arms like sort of you know two rolls of carpet underneath i just think it's that although it's sort of like a very overt way of showing your life don't think they're great role models at all either because these people have made a load of money and they've had a load of like surgery and stuff on you know their bodies and whatnot. They've probably had tummy tucks. They've probably had bum lifts and all sorts of things. And th- there's people watching that, you know, in their bedrooms or at home, you know, that or whatever. And it's it's un- it's an unrealistic. I hear what you're saying. Role model. There I can't. I'm not worse, putting there, it very well. But there are worse role models though. It might, it's more under the radar, isn't it, with men? It is. It is. And and I think probably. Um, it's again going back to what I was saying earlier. Men probably don't recognise. There's, there's there's one thing getting a guy to accept that perhaps that's something they have, but mm. I think they need to recognise it first. And I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't know the first thing about what's an eating disorder or what's an addiction to Haribo. But it, but Haribo. But it wouldn't be the first thing that would go through your mind if you if you so if you had a mate. Yeah. No, no, you're right, and that that's my point earlier. Yeah, I, yeah. I think if if my if my eating become irregular, right? Yeah. I think why am I doing this? Mm. Right? First and foremost, on a Sunday, you can guarantee my my eating habits are disgusting because I 
probably had a few beers the night before. Mm. I make bad choices in food. Mm. Um, no, don't be saying good and bad food. Is that not is is well, that not a thing? I, I would say not because like because then you're labelling. What is that going to be? That's going to be maybe an omelette and chips and peas if it's or a fried fried breakfast or something. I think probably over the course of the day, I'll probably chuck a couple of pies in the oven. Yeah, this would be after a maybe fish finger sandwich for breakfast. Um, Any bag of crisp I can get my hand on and definitely a bag of Haribo at some point. And then in the evening, I won't be asked to cook because... I had a big one the night before, so probably, I get a takeaway. Na- yeah, you're probably knackered because you're you're hanging. Yeah, and I, so I'll probably get a Chinese or a curry yeah. and sit there and eat way too much, and then feel sorry for myself about the food I ate mm-hmm. rather than what I drank on a Saturday night. Well, yeah, and you know, the thing with that is that that way of eating has its place on a day like that. Mm. Now, if that's happening, fantastic every day, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, then. You, you've got a wider issue it's you know mm. why am I drinking every night and then don't you know so it's it's about that mm. so it's the big picture the reason you wouldn't say this food is good this food is bad is because it's all the big picture mm. broccoli's awesome haribo's mm. awesome pies are awesome quinoa I like kefir what's kefir? it's this yogurty sort of mid-eastern yogurty oh. drink thing and I've seen that a lot of my patients would drink the kefir because yeah. it's like protein, really likes quite sour, mm. doesn't not really massive amount of food there, but it's got good, um, what is it? Oh, um, gut, uh, gut uh, calcium yeah. and yeah, definitely good for the gut gut microbiome. But the yeah. thing for the gut microbiome is you have thirty different plant based things. It's variety. Mm. Variety is the key. Mm. So, what would happen if you had that pattern and then? The next day, you gave too much importance to the blowout. Then you might try and fix it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fix it. Mm. Going to the gym, burning it all off. Mm. Okay. And then you get in a cycle of that. And then maybe you haven't eaten enough the next day because you're trying to make up for it. But then you're hangry. Yeah. And then you lose control and you order a takeaway. And they're like, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. And it escalates. So the thing is to be quite chill Mm. about... What I would say is, en- I talk about energy dense food that's tasty, mm. palatable, mm. and less energy dense food. Double cream through to lettuce. Mm. It's all good stuff. We've got good advice on how to mix it up. Um, you know, a diet of mostly Haribo, not so great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Damn it. Yeah. So, we're on our, just to fill you in, on one of our previous episodes, we were talking to uh, actually another Nick, yeah. a friend of mine who has uh, early onset Parkinson's yeah. and we were talking about um, how Parkinson's can give you obsessions, give you an obsessive, um, yeah. bit more obsessive than, than, you know, how you would be if you didn't have Parkinson's. And Nick was talking about how um, he buys a bag of Haribo in every, because Nick, you have to travel. Yeah, travel a lot. Yeah. yeah. And you buy a bag of Haribo in each country, try to get one. A two of each one. Eat one. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. E one, put Eat one in my collection. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, because it hasn't taken over your life. No, it's taken. But it's over not life. an obsession, it's taken though. Taken over is... a cupboard. Yeah. yeah, but it's not an obsession, though, is it? Well, the obsession bit is yeah. is having three kids that really want to open all of those bags oh, in there, yeah. and, and it's like, no, we tried that one. But, yeah, but what are they doing sat in your cupboard? Fair. It's the having them. Yeah, I mean, what else would you do with them though? Because you can't. Could you display them? 
Yes. I could. Could you? Yes. Yeah. Guess you could, couldn't you? We could use that room at the Hartford Museum. So, as part of some of my um, reading that yeah. I've been doing, there were a load of different kinds of eating disorder that I hadn't heard of or mm-hmm. read about before. Um, I'm, I was particularly interested in the ARFID, mm-hmm. which is the Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. That That interested me because I wondered whether there was a fine line in that between sort of being a choosy eater or I being someone who what's the best way of putting it somebody who doesn't like certain textures and certain types mm. of food don't they don't just don't find them something they don't want to mm-hmm. go near and someone who psychologically is very opposed to them for want of a better way of putting mm-hmm. it so how would you how would you draw the line between one and the other as someone who's just just not because there's some people who just aren't in, don't like food. Go, go back to that. What, what is it called? Sorry, it's called ARFID, so Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder, um, and it's it says here that it's a condition characterised by the person avoiding certain type foods or types of food, and they restrict their intake overall of the amount they eat or both, um, and there's a sensitivity to taste, texture, smell, or appearance. Alan, I could come in on this. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, sorry, I was just... Sorry, it's just... No, 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 I, I, I found that one... me and you, but genuinely... Yeah, I found that one particularly interesting. Well, it's because oh, it's, cause it's um, only been recognised recently. Oh, really? As oh, a disorder in oh, I had no idea. So, in our scheme of things, it's a feeding disorder, not an eating disorder, which oh. might sound like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily the overvaluation thing. So, all the eating disorders are overvaluation of eating weight and shape. And that might be binge eating disorder, bulimia nervosa, anorexia nervosa, and atypical versions of those, which might be unrestrictive, but my BMI is not down that low mm. at this point. Maybe the muscle focusing. The thing with ARFID is there's three kinds of things, and they impact eating, but like lots of things can impact your eating. If you're depressed, you can gain weight, or you could lose your appetite and lose weight. If you've got trauma, you can lose some... So lots of things affect your eating. Lots mm. of psychological things. Stress affect. can. Yeah, lots of things. Mm. So yeah. lots of um, psychological problems. You can even get something like OCD, and if your phobia is like germs around preparing food, you can struggle to eat well. So yeah. all the problems could lead... So with the eating disorder, it's the, pre, it's the mindset that is the core of it. It's not any single behaviour mm. that you mm. might have. The ARFID, the difference there is that it's got three types. The one type is you've never been interested in food. You just take it or leave it, mm. which is an odd one. I find it hard to relate to that, but mm. Mm. it's a very wild world with you, a, a you lot of You do meet people like that, though, don't you? They just don't it? think about eating. It's not or... bothered. The second type on the ARFID is where it's kind of sometimes after a trauma, but there's it's a fear of eating. I'm not obsessed about my weight and shape, but I'm scared to eat. It mm. might be you had a choking episode mm. or something's mm. happening or your fear of vomiting if you eat anything at all. Mm. So it's, it's fear-based, it's interest-based. But the other one is where you, you find aversive a lot of things. You might be one... You know, some of us... Um, like really plain food and they've got like loads of taste buds and others of us don't but this is one where texture or taste or flavor 
you just find it unpleasant so it's aversion mm. Mm. and um, it goes along quite a bit with autistic spectrum that one oh, really? yeah. yeah yeah a little bit so it does come out of what in childhood would be called fussy eating at a level i don't know what they call it in childhood probably Alfred, I think. I don't know. Mm, I do mm. the adults, but um, mm. there wasn't an adult recognition of that problem. Mm. And a difference might be energy dense foods might be in there. Crisps. Mm. Do you hear about the the, guy, the kid who gets scurvy because he can only eat chips? Now, you know those chips are hangover foods, so mm. it's not mm. that they're averse to calories, mm. but in some ways unhealthy. Mm. And again, similarly, it's when it's out of control. You know, mm. there's a range of us from fussy to not fussy. Mm. But it's when it's damaging your life or your health that mm. it's it's it, it's all on a continuum. I think I think we were talking about how how do you recognise this eating disorder? So I suppose it's like any kind of uh and I d I don't I don't wanna say um uh self harm because you know, clearly you've educated mm. me this this isn't just about self harm, but you know, th- how how do you recognise that the way that you're eating has become a disorder mm. rather I mean, than a lifestyle. Uh, well, don't get me wrong because, you know, a lot, some people, for some people it is self-harm is the function and yeah. self-punishment of some mm. sort, feelings mm. of guilt or shame or grief or guilt or shame or grief or whatever. And, yeah, control, sometimes it's there as something you can control if other things in your life are out of control. Mm. I think the... Do you mean like recognise it in yourself, Nick, or in your a friend around you, but or a... both? Really, both. Like you know, a yourself and and b. How do you you know? How do you recognise it in in a friend? And and it, you know, if if yeah. you could focus your answer on that, like you know, on on the male population, yeah, right? because you know, is is it vastly different or? Do you see a, a, a certain disorder more common in uh, males than females? Or is I it think just it's the similar same? in kind. You might get more exercise focus in the men as a way of weight control. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's a million and one ways to try and control your weight. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so it's not, it's not just what you're doing, it's why you're doing it. I mean, I don't think vomiting has got any part in a healthy way of controlling your mm. weight and your health. So what vomiting will do is it will knacker your electrolytes. It's not great for the mm. heart. So an equally laxative abuse. But some people have got prescribed laxatives. And where does that draw a line? So mm. I think probably with the, the, the vomiting, yeah. um, that's called bulimia. Right? It's, or, it's part of bulimia, yeah. You yeah. can have... It can occur in anorexia as well. That's what yeah. I mean. Like eating disorders is the mm. core thing. It's common, and yeah. what you do mm. varies. So that, yeah, that's something that I think is probably easy to recognise if you're spending a lot of time with someone. Or am I wrong? You, in theory, like you'd be amazed how how you know people, people do it. Like secret. if you think people like, but in yourself, I mean, you'd know when you're yeah purging. I think if you're regularly purging for weight control that can't be helpful in any scheme of things, whatever your goals are. Mm. I mean, the thing is, you know, the eating disorder methods, they're not even good ways of having weight control because mostly they break down. Mm. Mostly they cause damage or misery, so... Is is it common for someone, you know, if if you're if you're with someone, 
you know, is it common that they've gone through a time where they used vomiting, uh, purging and vomiting as a, a way to control their weight and they've got the view, right, once I get to this particular weight, I just stop. I can stop any time, you know, like like an addiction. Yeah. People think, right, okay, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm drinking heavily at the moment mm. because of this, but I, I can stop any time. Yeah. Is that similar in, in I think eating it, I think I think it's like, like I'm exercising every day. I'm not at the gym every day. All right, are you? And you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's great. I've nearly reached my goal weight. Mm. Oh, you know, could you come out for a film? No, I can't. So it's that. Is that could you? Can have you? Do you realise that you have a choice anymore? Or is it, it's like, mm. are you driving it or is it driving you? Yeah, now? yeah. <clears throat> or it's taken over, like, the the impact on um, on your, if you're lying to people or you've, yeah, it just, it's 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 just not working anymore. Mm. So that level of, of impact on your well-being day to day. Like, if, if, if you had um, someone you knew and you were, like, thought that their, I don't know, their choice of um, job or their girlfriend, you're like, this isn't really great for you. Mm. But if you come in and go, you know, what are you doing that for? Then people dig in. Mm. But how would you persuade a mate that, okay, you know, that maybe then this job and like, you know, do you sleep well? Do you, do you get any sleep? Can you, you, yeah, that's what you want to ask someone. If you're worried about someone, just go, is, are, you, are you all right with this? Mm. Is this working mm. for you now mm. still? You it know? must be hard, mustn't it though? Like, it like would, gauge it at the right yeah, amount because, yeah. yeah, it must be really difficult. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't ever be on my radar. I, I will happily sit down with any of my friends and, and ask them if they're okay and then ask them yeah. again and, you know, try and dig in a little yeah. bit like that. But no, I don't think at any point would I consider that maybe they might have an eating disorder. I think the only time I would... I don't know if this is good or bad. But the only time I would try to intervene or try to say something was if I knew a friend... Of, no, I'm only speaking about male friends, yeah. by the way. If I had a male friend who I knew was on a diet or if they were, you know, into the gym and whatnot, but they seemed to be rapidly losing weight or they didn't look very, they didn't look well or as well as they had been, then I would be inclined to say something. It's yeah. difficult, isn't it, and to know when? Yeah, because because if you if you saw a mate that led a party lifestyle mm. and saw them yeah. suddenly lose weight, you'd be like, look, mate, I think you're overusing Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Right? And you wouldn't think anything point. of it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. But you... Because maybe they're using the gym, like, well, maybe they're getting... It, it, it's, that's a good question a... if you ask it lightly. You mm. know, you're dieting. Are you overdoing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that, but that's, that's an interesting point, though, I think. When, when somebody's, like, overdoing it with partying and going out all the time and heaven knows, like, you know, as, as men, we know people who have played in rugby teams and football teams and whatnot, and there's, like, a... You know, they go out of all their football mm. or rugby mates and out on the piss and 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 you know they probably have other groups of friends where they go out on the piss and whatnot and then you're more likely although it wouldn't be easy you're more likely to sort of bring it bring it up and say are you sure you're because it, it seems like you're mm. you yeah know, he's look, up mate yeah, yeah. but but you're, i think you're less have a few like, weekends off yeah yeah you need yeah, to yeah, have yeah. a rest um <laughs> But I think you're less likely to try and, if you think that someone's got an eating disorder, or rather that their behaviours are unhealthy, mm. and it's in this sphere that we're talking yeah. about today, I think you're less likely to ask, aren't you? Let's change that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this yeah, is why we're here. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, maybe you are. Yeah, that's why we're yeah. we're. Um, and it's good. I mean, they, these these sessions are really good for us to learn because you you, you do reflect on yourself from these sessions as well. And, yeah. You know. Well, 
Al and I will talk to e- each other, but, you know, about any, any kind of way that we're feeling. Mm. But but e- even now, if I think about it, like honestly, if if, if I started thinking that maybe oh, I had an eating disorder, I don't think I'd talk to you about it. No, and, and actually, to be honest with you, I, I don't think I would know. I don't know that I would. I would tell you if I'm drinking would, too much. I yeah. would tell you if I'm partying too much. Yeah. But, you know, we've been there. We but have. This, yeah. Not sure I would. No, and, and I don't and think right. that, that unless I visibly saw you looking pasty yeah. or um, starting to lose weight, or even if it had been pointed out to me and I hadn't noticed it, I, I'm not sure. You'd assume I'm partying, though. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but talking about like things that you would you wouldn't ordinarily notice in yourself. Yeah. So going back to, um, it was just, I think I'm speaking about my own experience here. I don't know when it was. I think it was probably the year before I got married, maybe sooner to when I got married. I had this absolutely ridiculous throat infection. Um, I I had this absolutely ridiculous throat infection where I had all these ulcers in my throat. And I couldn't, I wasn't being sick, but I couldn't digest anything because what was happening the whatever it was was coming out of the the uh, ulcers and it was going into my stomach and yeah, i couldn't yeah. digest it so i literally had bad guts like literally all yeah. the time went to doctors and he i was on antibiotics and all sorts of my yeah. throat and what happened was as a consequence of that over the next few weeks i lost probably well it was over two stone i got really like quite thin mm. and i got to the point where I was actually because I was I had a well I still have I guess a phobia of being sick. I was constantly scared of being sick, mm. even though I knew that the whole thing wasn't making me like that. Mm. It was the other end. I was then scared to eat mm. quite a lot of the time, and, and sometimes you know, like sometimes if you do eat, like it's just normal that sometimes when you do eat, you might feel a little bit nauseous after you've eaten, or certain things make you feel a, that you eat make you feel in a different way. Mm. And I think that I de- developed this quite nasty phobia after that. And so my eating was not what it is now. And I lost an absolute load of weight. And when I actually, if you saw my wedding photos, I'm stick thin there. And so I, when you look at those, though, do you think you look good in that? No, I really don't. So there's two ways that could go. That happens to you, someone. And maybe if they were judging themselves by their body to start with, mm. you know... There's people who were maybe overweight, that happens, and they find they're not overweight, mm. and they lit and they start to look in the mirror, and a little bit of them's like, oh, I quite like this. Maybe they get a few compliments. Maybe they feel like they're not going to be as um, successful in the romance department. Yeah, being a big uh, a bigger bloke, and they're like, I'm getting more. I think I'll get more interest. And in whatever way, then they take that experience, and then it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go further, I'm gonna keep going, and oftentimes you'll get a fear of that weight coming back on. Mm. If you mm. were judging yourself by your body mm. a bit beforehand, mm. I don't know how much you judged yourself by your body shape before that. To be honest with you, I don't. Not looking back, much. I don't think it had anything. I don't think I gave my appearance any kind of thought. Yeah. The the main issue was some people go too far the other way. Mm. Yeah, I, I, the main the main issue was that I was so terrified of yeah. being ill. So that one, if you didn't turn that around, that would be more of an Arfid thing. Mm. Yeah, I wondered. I was thinking, re- reading that, I, I wondered that. whether that was because yeah. it was to do with trauma or yeah. some, some some kind of trauma. I don't know. Yeah, you, yeah, it's traumatic. Yeah. I mean, in its own way, it's not. You know, it's not, it's not held at gunpoint trauma, but 
you know, if you can't eat, it's scary. Mm. Yeah. You're unable to eat. And um, so that would be like, when we say tra- trauma, like small T, big T, but yeah. So that so that could go in different ways. Can you see like, depending on what your vulnerabilities are, mm. and then you have a life stress, yeah. that's how it unfolds. Those interact in a certain way. Because mm. mm. all, um, all Other people might become obsessed with physical health and like start researching or like another preoccupation disorder is hypochondriasis or health anxiety yeah so you could end up being one who's like taking 99 different pills mm. and supplements yeah and again your question is this is this is great you're looking after your nutrition but is this you know this is costing 200 pounds a month from oh, the man. special orders yeah. or yeah, you know yeah. so it, it's that combination of your you have a, a vulnerability mm. the wrong thing happens to you and then it and then it becomes a vicious circle. Yeah. That's my model of mental health in general. Yeah, I think the, the only time I've ever, I, I love food, right? And I think the only the only time I've ever had any kind of fear of eating was just after I had my um, gallbladder out. Mm. Because oh, I, read, I forgot about that. I read so much, like mm. you know, oh, don't drink Coca Cola because yes, it you're going to be frying up for weeks and. Mm. Wow. And I, I remember just uh, as I went, you know, a few days after the op, it was coming up to Christmas. It was half over and, and I love, there's, there's foods that I will eat at Christmas in abundance. Right? Mm. So, cheese, for Satsumas. example. Satsumas. <laughs> yeah. Like cheese, I would just sit yeah, down with the biggest kind of plate of cheese and many different sorts of cheese, knowing that I'm going to suffer bad. Yeah. Right? So, I, <laughs> I balanced that out. I'm making sure I always got roll mops yeah. in the fridge, right? Yeah. Because they're really acidic. Yeah. Right? Mm. Because I don't have a gallbladder, like I don't yeah. have a gallbladder that secretes bile and, and the oh. roll mops help digest it. But that, that's oh, the really? story. But but the point I was making, like I went to see the doctor and I said, oh, look, it's coming up to Christmas, what can I eat? Can't you eat? So it's like, just eat your normal food. Eat your fatty foods. Don't believe everything you read. If you do it now, then you're gonna be even better shape to do it later but if you don't do it now yeah. then you know your body that's interesting may not uh yeah. you know may not like it in the future so mm. just just go and have your normal christmas <laughs> so i thought i was screwed that christmas yeah that's I the only time um, i've been yeah. worried about eating anything. yeah because had you not gone to the doctors you could have developed some kind of started uh, on uh, something like dry poten- toast but potentially potentially if you were a different mindset or a certain, yeah. you know, you could start a, a phobia, if you yeah. like. Yeah. And instead foods. of eating it getting wider again, it's getting narrower and narrower. Yeah. 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 Um, and you're controlling that certain intake because you're scared that it's going to, because your insides aren't yeah. going to take it because you've got no gallbladder. So effectively, the, the doct, doctor basically, did he sort of imply then that um, your body just adjusts? To not having a gallbladder. You should just do what you would do normally, yeah. Right. Yeah. The the only difference, like, I used to get stacks of, obviously, the gallbladder pain, right? And that there's, for years, I thought that was indigestion. So mm. there were foods I didn't eat, mm. right? Peppers, raw peppers, didn't touch them. Mm. Because for some reason, that, that used to aggravate. And I just thought mm. it was indigestion. Mm. Later on, we find that yeah. it's, it's just, it took a little bit more to... Uh, kind of break, break them, them down, down. Yeah. and because mine was blocked mm. I had a stone on it blocking it oh man and yeah it's mm. just minging mm. but yeah it was, that's, that's the only time I love my food but, um, mm. I don't like peanuts and other nuts but 
I say I'm not allergic, mm. but I have a deep-seated hatred. And an interesting thing you'll notice if it's nuts, if someone says, is there anything you can't eat? I'll say, nuts. They'll say, are you allergic? Mm. I'll say, no. They'll say, oh, so you just don't like them. I'm like, no, you haven't understood. Mm. It's not only two categories, allergic and just don't like. Mm. There's also the category deep-seated hatred. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was... Um, so there's there's been periods of time where I've, I've kind of uh, I've I've not had gluten because it it didn't make me feel like further down the line the stress yeah. like my yeah. my stomach got aggravated by certain foods stress now mm. fine mm. Um, I haven't got stress in my life but but I, I remember a couple of times uh, being um, a bit like because I travel a lot like yeah. be, being in a, a like a breakfast and. I'd say, can I have a gluten free, please? Mm. And um, and they'd always ask, are you are you celiac? And I was like, no, yeah. it's a lifestyle choice. And they'd be like, oh, there'd be an extra charge for that. Uh, All right, no. I'm celiac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. It's a bizarre thing, of, charging that's, more. That's because of discrimination law. Is it? So yeah. So they don't want to. Um, they can't give you a. It's probably like the products probably cost more, right? Yeah. Mm. But you can't discriminate for disability. No, so they don't want to discriminate against celiac people. If it's just your choice, they're like, "Well, you want to choose an expensive thing." Mm. You can't pull the same one on the lobster and the champagne, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I can only eat lobster and champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want it for the same price. They're like, eh, well, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't understand why they would ask. Because they want to because charge him. Yeah, because they want to charge me. I requested it. That's that's a bit. I mean, I understand. Yeah. But. Oh, you, you wanna, you... If it was me owning the business, and I, I mean, I'm not a businessman, but if it was me owning the business, I wouldn't be asking. I wouldn't be charging. You want to you wanna see some calves when uh, you're with someone and they go, yeah, I'll have a, a number six breakfast, which comes with bacon, black pudding, yeah. sausages. But can I have a vegetarian sausages instead of normal sausages? Yeah. That's see, I, I find this quite a lot because I've got an intolerance to eggs. It make me quite rough. And so, luckily, now... It's superb because it has been awful, but luckily it's really good now because because of the onset of more people being vegan. All the vegan things. Yeah. Like, if ever I'm not sure if I'm going to beg, I know that I'm going to get something nice to eat if it's vegan. I yeah. just know. And then they'll say, you know, uh, for instance, you know, sometimes in the past when we've gone out somewhere and even for things like pizzas, like with the, um, you know, like when you get um, like the ground beef and stuff like that, you still have to ask and for burgers in the, not so much now because yeah. a lot of the time burgers are literally just meat and salt and pepper. Um, but in the past, they've used sort of egg to bind egg them and bind stuff. It, yeah. So when you go somewhere, and I, I mean, it's still a bit of a problem because I can't have brioche buns because they're glazed in egg, I believe. But when you used to go somewhere, um, and used to say, well, can you just let me know if this has got egg in it? The look on people's eyes, so, you would just feel... Oh, okay. I, my mum my is intolerant to garlic. Right? Oh. And you know, probably within about That's half like an hour. Diet. <laughs> but, like, after half an hour of her eating it, she's violently sick. She's oh, a really? vampire. Vampire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah. She listens, so, you know, no comment. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we can't be 100% sure she's not. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you know... There's been times when, 
we've gone into restaurants, mum's ordered her food up, no garlic, and it comes out with garlic on yeah. right? And we used to say to her, just tell her you're allergic to it because then yeah. nothing will go near yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and do you, do you know what? One of the most accommodating types of restaurants mm. have been Indian restaurants. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because that poor things, they're used to going... Yeah, I want to have that curry, but make it two inches hotter and yeah, minus yeah, yeah. this. And yeah, yeah. They're like, you be the chef then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, mum just says, right, what hasn't got garlic in there? Like, we can do that, that, and that, that without garlic. Because they cook a lot of their kind of, their sizzlers and things completely yeah. fresh. Yeah. Mm. So they just yeah. like chuck it on. Yeah, the, yeah. the sauces and things like that, that's, yeah. she can't have those. But, no. but yeah, steakhouses, the amount of times I've seen her pick up a steak. No. <laughs> yeah, she'll know because she'll be extra oh, sensitive good, yeah. Yeah. to the smell, won't she? Yeah. Um, so, Nick, um, the only other one that I was interested in speaking to you, well, obviously I'd love to speak to you, but we're short on time, yes. um, was the orthorexia. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you want to just, because having read about it, 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 I think it lends itself to what we were talking yeah. about earlier with the exercising and whatnot. Well, yeah, like health. Mm. And, um, you know, because these... Um, Cultural things, they vary from time to time. So what, what is orthorexia? Sorry. So, like, it's a form of eating. So it's not a separate diagnosis. Mm. If it went too far, it would be a type of eating disorder, but it's based around clean eating, yeah. so to say. So it's not... It's kind of trying to sneak in via the wellness sort of... Banner. Culture mm. banner. And, yeah, and it, again... The problem is it's run out of control, so it'd be like, yeah, things that are, you have your paleo, this, or, um, you know, un- avoiding any processed food. Mm. And again, like, um, pasties are of their place, you know? Um, mm. So it's when um, the focus is on the healthiness, you might look at additives or, yeah, just, just different of the obsession with pure, yeah, clean eating is the big mm source of a lot of this because the eating disorder is taking advantage of our innate sense and when we label a food as dirty it Mm. feels contaminated and we get a disgust response Mm. Mm. so you can see my face making a disgust face Mm. and so when you associate foods as good or bad clean or not clean Mm. you're using your disgust mechanism to not eat them I and mean, if you pair something with disgust it becomes problematic it's very hard and it's kind of gets mixed up the moral disgust of it being a bad food mm. moral disgust we make the same face don't we mm. if we hear about a bad crime or something so are oh, he and um and the one story i always tell to show this how easy it is to associate something with disgust and how hard it is to turn around is I got really really sick once from a malaria and yeah. I know it was malaria because they found some parasites on a slide guess what mm. but I had been eating the night I got sick I'd been eating avocados um, and I loved avocados mm. but my body associated the disgust uh, with avocados and I couldn't eat them for 18 months mm. I just I couldn't abide them. And, and that's what you're doing when you get into clean eating. You take a category of food, like processed food, mm. or whatever the, the, the thing may be. Um, it could be like 
Yeah, there's veganism, ethical veganism, grand, mm. you know, mm. knock yourself out. Um, I don't know how brilliant it is, you know, but every mm, has its pros and cons. But it's when it's gone, yeah, like to extreme extremes and it's really life limiting or you mm. can't eat mm. a healthy diet mm. on that anymore. You, so when you, it's the same with other eating disorders as well, the good and bad foods clean, it's, it's the obsession comes from trying to, categorize foods into these are good these are bad mm, and mm. you're using that to condition to change your own behavior but then after a time you feel like that disgust that you've attributed to those foods has taken over and you can't have them anymore mm, do, mm. do you think over the years Nick, that uh, because the choice of food now yeah. is, is it's ridiculous you can have anything mm. can't you right? yeah. the choice mm. of food and, at any time at all you know the yeah our parents generation they didn't have so much choice and then the generation by them it it was what you got from the butchers green Mm. grocers yeah what you grew yourself what you grew yourself yeah back to the mushrooms yeah yeah. back to the mushrooms yeah and you know do do you think uh, with this 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 big amount of choice that we've got yeah do do you think that there are more eating disorders as a result of the choice of what's out there no there almost certainly are you know um there's been eating disorder since ancient times. So you'll find ancient Greece, you'll find ascetic people. There's Saint, I think it's Saint Catherine of Siena, mm. survived on no food. So mm. there's been forms, I think, of eating disorder through history. But definitely it's one of the most cultural disorders historically. Mm. Um, and we weren't a... It's the, it's the combination, it's the worst of both worlds. Because we evolutionary wise if you're evolutionary we weren't built for wheat let alone mm. drive through mm. mcdonald's mm. and 24 hour tesco's mm. Mm. we were designed for survival in a harsh place mm. so if you're that person who's been on a diet and then you lose control that's a part of your primitive you has been you know your your crops have failed and, and the wildebeest haven't come and you're starving and you trek across the desert and you see a fruit tree with fruit on it you're going to be programmed to maximise, get that energy in whilst it's there. Mm. And even with poverty and that, if you look at the old videos, I saw this one of the workers in the mill and they're eating like treacle sandwiches. And we'd be like, oh no, but that they needed the energy for mm. the work they were yeah. doing. Yeah. And so we weren't built physically for the environment post-war, you know. And But then at the same time as making it almost impossible for humans on average to maintain low weights because we're designed to to lay down stores of energy for a drought. But at the same time, we've got the body image thing, labelling you as a bad person if you overeat, fat Mm. people are lazy, all this weight stigma. Mm -hmm. So the westernisation and the... um, It's a side effect of of modern society, eating disorder is, Mm -hmm. because they're like... Part of your system is saying, for survival, eat. And a part of your system is, for survival in your tribe, to be liked by people, don't eat. And we're just conflicted all of the time. Mm. Mm. And, you know, the the, uh, the culture, the the environment, is it's trying to put us into an unwinnable game. So I say, don't play the game. Yeah, yeah. 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 I could talk about this all day. It's not fun, it's fascinating, all of this. So just to finish, so mm. say for instance, if anyone who was listening to this mm. um, f- 
felt that they maybe do do have an eating disorder. What do you think their best course of action would be? I know it's like a, a yeah. generalisation way to put it. And I was, yeah, I was, as you're, you're absolutely right. You pitch up at your GP mm. because the sooner you get help, the better. Mm. You know, it's uh, early intervention, if you can, is, 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 is so helpful. Mm. So it's generally it's going via your GP. Mm. But what if what if you think you've got a friend that's suffering yeah. from an eating disorder? What's what's the best approach towards that? I friend? just think like don't go in with an agenda as such, but just be curious, show you're interested, show you'd want to know. Mm. So yeah, I think you know, I've noticed you've been you've lost a lot of weight. Like let's mm. say it was you and you lost a lot of weight. In my head I'm thinking, Alan could be anorexic now. I'm thinking, you know what, he also might have cancer and he's just not told me, right? So mm. I don't know. Yeah. So mm. I'm like, Alan, you're, you're losing a lot of weight, mate. You're mm. right. Mm. Is anything going on here? Mm. Mm. And they're like, you know, I'm pleased with it. I'm losing, I've lost weight. I feel so good now. They're like, okay, but, you know, is there a point where is it, it's enough? You might ask, you know, is it something you could, you know, could you not go to the gym out if... Mm. Mm. If if you had to, if you got an injury, would you be able to stop? Mm. So just spend, just asking mm. the, the normal question, same as yeah. you might do around. You're partying a lot. Yeah, you're hitting it quite hard. How are things? Yeah. How yeah? How's this going for you? Are you worried about this at all? No, I'm not worried because people might be a bit defensive. Like you don't yeah. need to fight them. And you'd be like, okay. All right, well, you know. How would you know if it had gone out of control? And I guess you could steer the the conversation in to try and get them to... And like, try to get put them in your shoes. Like, if if they saw someone, Mm. had a good mate, and Mm. and to try and convince them that you only come from a place of love and caring and that you just, you know, you just want to make sure that you're... The person who means a lot to you is... Is okay. Yeah. And if you're having, like, trouble doing it, they, I do say that the charity called Beat Eating Disorders, oh, yeah. they've got some guidance on there how to talk to a friend. They've even got guidance there because the awareness in GP land isn't always perfect, mm-hmm. Fair, yeah. in fairness to them. Mm. They've got a lot of things to know about. Absolutely. But, you know, you can find people who are told, no, you haven't got your eating disorder, you're not thin enough, or... You should be happier than this and, and actually helping people to persevere because the, the part of the illness that's addiction is like going, this is, my, this is great, I can carry on. Mm. But, if, but they've got even some advice on ways to speak to the GP if you feel that you're not being mm. heard. Mm. So that's quite helpful. That's superb. Well, we can mm. put a link to that on the website. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that'd be, that's really handy to know, actually. Yeah. Very good. Really, really good. Well, thank you so much. A huge thanks goes to Dr Nick Hawkes for joining us. Please don't forget to like and subscribe at your usual podcast place as well as subscribing to updates from us at www.gotohim.co.uk. See you on the next episode, which is the final of this series. Thanks.